You are listening to the Not Another Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, David and Jason. Welcome to the Not Another Sports Podcast, Episode 9, the home of sports talk for everyone. I'm David. I'm Jason. Welcome aboard. Now, it seems like a normal topic that we do here before we get into our normal ones. Jason's fancy football. How's that been going? Uh, the 2020 season. Oh, you feel the love for that? Uh, injuries? This is some Mike Tyson love I'm feeling for. That's for sure. Well, don't eat anybody's ear. It's, so. just, it's just a bad season. Injury, injuries aplenty. No one's playing up to their standard. It is what it is. At this point, I'm not making the playoffs in any league, so season's over. <laughs> fun times, fun times. All right, so we're going to jump into period one here. So, so uh, in between last episode and now, um, Brad from the Baseball Together podcast, a friend of, of our show, uh, he reached out to me and he said, he was curious on why guys can play such a physically demanding game like hockey for so long, but not a sport like baseball. Um, and I said to him, you know what, let's, we can try to talk about it because I don't know if there's actually an, a good answer for that. But he's a, a very supportive person of our podcast. Like I said, a friend of the show. So I didn't think it hurt to talk about it no no it's a very good topic because and i mean sometimes in my opinion it's just stubbornness <laughs> to be honest with you sometimes that's what i just think of some players longevity is they're just too damn stubborn to walk away so i mean you got players that played in hell multiple decades i mean look at gordy howe you know he played from 1945 to 1971, 1973 to 1980, and he played in 97. So that just kind of says, you know, he stood the test of time. You got players that played 20-some years, 22 years. You know, I think it's just, you know, a, a lot of it can be stubbornness. But you know, it could be a lot of other things. So, you know, it could just be that. I think, uh, in looking at, at hockey and, and especially in Canada, how hockey is treated. I mean, the junior leagues are a big deal up there. They draw thousands of people to small arenas to see these games. And they're, I think because the way hockey is treated and the way these players come up as kids to adults playing hockey, um, there's a toughness that some of these players have and, and their bodies are conditioned for, for this, this sport. Well, sometimes, I mean, I, I know, well, when it comes to Canon hockey, basically it's like a military camp. It's like you're required. <laughs> it's like you're required to play, but I mean, in my opinion, there are a lot of muscles that you use that you don't use in other sports. Uh, me personally, from when I had a an, an injury that I had to take months off where I dislocated my shoulder, had to get surgery done. 
uh, after dislocating it twice playing hockey, uh, I was out for good nine months. Yeah, I remember. And and when I got back into it, and don't get me wrong, I was running, I was working on my legs, working on my upper body, just trying to get my muscles, you know, kind of you know be reconditioned. But even after playing, I would you know just the the muscles you don't think about from turning because you're constantly on a swivel where to me, sports like baseball, you're not, you know, you're, right. it, re- you're it requires an entirely different type of conditioning. Yeah. Each sport baseball, has its own conditioning. Yeah. Like with baseball, you're just staring in one direction. Yes. You run and all that, but you're, you're not moving on a swivel. You're, you're not basically looking for somebody that's going to hit you. I think maybe not that baseball isn't a good comparison because baseball is a very taxing sport, especially with how many games is played. But yeah. I think, I think if we're going to compare hockey to a sport or, or sports, I think for the mental aspect, as far as what's required of, of your attention span, hockey's probably closer to maybe basketball and soccer in that regard. And that you know, there's constant motion. You're playing offense and defense at all times. Um, you know what well, I mean? I think, I think soccer, though, is conditioning to an extreme level because you're constantly moving when you're, you know, you're, you're constantly running. Because I lost 30 pounds at 18 playing soccer. Hey, whatever. <laughs> so, but with soccer, though, you're constantly running. Right. I so, just meant- so your conditioning level is higher than what it would be. Now, basketball, okay, yeah, you are going back and forth on, uh, you know, on the court, but. To me, you're not using a lot of the muscles that you would for, you know, that you know, that hockey players use for that conditioning. Right. I just meant more of a mental aspect is you're constantly, mentally, you're constantly aware of your surroundings. You're constantly aware of who's around you, who you got to get the puck to, who you're trying to cover. That's what I was getting at as far as the mental acumen for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I just feel that I think the re- one of the reasons why, though, not just stubbornness, just the kind of that, but just the just of the conditioning, because to me, hockey players focus on the conditioning, because even though a shift lasts a minute, that's a long minute. Yeah, it is a very long minute. You know, so you got to be well conditioned to back and forth. You, you, I mean, in one minute, you can be up to ice maybe three, four times. And that's a good distance. <laughs> right. You know, I think conditioning wise, you're probably looking at more like someone who trains for an Ironman than maybe for another sport. I mean, you're conditioning your body to handle the rigors of the game more than, and, and this is not an offense to baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan, but baseball's more of a, not that baseball isn't a physical game, but it's more of a mental game. Um, yeah, because I mean, you got to focus on. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know you're you're out in the field. You're not getting much, you know, action. The ball hitting to you. You're gonna sit there and start like, "Ooh, pretty bird." <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at the squirrel. You know, but hot where hockey is just one of those fast paced sports. And I mean, like you said, you you know, to compare baseball to hockey, oranges to apples. 
I think, I, I, and I said this to him when we had the conversation about his question. I said, I think the spirit of the game is closer to baseball in regards to the fans' passion of the game, the fans' knowledge of the game, the histories of the game. In that aspect, they're similar. Baseball and, and, and hockey are old games with, with deep history. Not saying that the other two big sports in America don't have deep history, but not compared to hockey and baseball whose histories date back a lot know, of years, right? Centuries in some regards. Um, I think, I definitely think conditioning wise, this is close. These guys are more like marathon runners in regards to where their conditioning is than a basketball player or a football player or a baseball player. Well, yeah. Think about, well, think about this. You're on skates where it's not that easy to stop. <laughs> not for some people, they can stop on a dime and, you know, turn the other way. I never saw they, you have a problem. When I first started, I well, stopped by the wall. Yeah. When you first started, that's a, that's a big difference than, you know, five years ago. <laughs> well, when, well, when I first started playing, I was a goalie. Yeah, I remember. Because you so, started roller hockey. Yeah. So even that, even that took a lot. Because you have to, your focus is trying to stop the puck. Well, that's a whole different mental aspect of the game then. Oh, yeah. you got to be mental to play goalie. <laughs> and I, and well, I fit that mark, too, with that. Because I would love to do it again. But I just don't have the money for it. But, uh, no, I mean, it's just... I just think one of the things is not only the stubbornness to play, but the love of the game to keep that going. The, you know, to keep that, you know, that love to keep playing lasting longer than what it should. Right. Because a lot of the average players are 20 seasons, maybe 22, maybe a little bit longer. But I just think more along the lines is just stubbornness <laughs> on how much they just want to keep playing. Hockey's oddly a game where there are guys who can play into their 40s and they are still playing at their peak level. Um, and you don't see that in a lot of other sports. Well, that just goes into conditioning. I think it's, it's toughness too. I mean, you got to, yeah, to some degree it is conditioning because you have to be conditioned to handle the rigors of the game, but not every player is, is that tough where they can play 20 years and be in their forties and still playing at an optimum level. Um, so I think as much as it is conditioning, there's definitely, a physical toughness involved to have longevity in the game. Oh yeah. Especially when you're being hunted down when you have the puck. Yeah. So it's not like in, you know, in basketball, yeah, everybody's trying to get to you. You know, you can't just, Oh, he has the puck. I'm going to hit him. You know, you can't do that in basketball. You can't well, do that. You know, you can, you know, don't get me wrong. When a, coll a collision at the plate, yeah, that's the only real time you see that happening. Well, you don't even see that anymore. Um, right. And I would think with – in no way is this dogging basketball players for not being tough, but basketball is – it's always been more of a finesse game. Even in the 80s when it was a physical game, it was never a, a hard-hitting game because that's not the game of basketball. Um, so those guys, their bodies aren't conditioned to take certain types of physical contact. Um, 
so when you were saying, you know, sometimes they get carried off the field for an ankle injury or, you know, an elbow injury, that's just their, their bodies aren't conditioned for that. They are a lean athlete, not saying hockey players aren't lean, but hockey players are built. They're conditioned to look a certain way to handle the, the physical nature of the game. Whereas the basketball player is conditioned to handle the finesse aspect of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, to me, hockey players, I mean, they're just, you almost have to be, you, you got to have your head on a swivel no matter how you look at it. Because you could, as soon as you look up, a lot of times there's a guy sitting, you know, standing there running you over. Yeah, and, and that goes back of, to the, the quick mental aspect too. You know, to, to get back up and keep going. You know, and that's the thing. When hockey players a lot of times get hit on an open ice hit, get back up, you keep going. It's like nothing happens. Right. Well, thinking about with injuries, hockey players go into the locker room for stitches. They don't miss a shift. So <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, just different. Like, like you said, the mentality. Right. It's just the mentality of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there is like, you know, a scientific answer that we can pinpoint to. I think there's a lot of variables. Oh yeah. To to look at, um, I think what we've come up with is love of the game, toughness, conditioning, stubbornness. and stubbornness. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, I I've been asked before why I'm st- I'm not playing. I've been asked that numerous times and my answer is a lot of times that I'm just, I'm just damaged just because of all the injuries I've had. And I played for 20 years, which is a long, you know, to me, it's a long time. Yeah. But I still get in, you know, I still get aches in my knees, my, my elbow, my, my shoulder that I had surgery on. You know, my ankle that I sprained, I'll occasionally I just get just pains where I have a hard time walking. I remember your old skates. I still have them. They were like falling apart. <laughs> yeah, but I still have them. You, you had to tape the ankles at one point, I remember. Yep. I had to tape. <laughs> well, it, it, it wasn't quite the lower part of the boot. It was more the upper part to keep that intact. Well, I was going to say, it's, it's still not good. <laughs> no, still not good. I'm, Hey, it just shows duct tape holds everything together because <laughs> that's what I used. Black duct tape. It fit. It worked. Well, to be fair, you couldn't notice it from the stands. So, well, the way I, I only had, knew because I was there when you were taping them. Well, the way I always did it was I always had my socks over my skates. So I was one of those types of players because each player has their own style where the socks have to fit inside the skate or outside the skate where I was one that had them outside the skate. So, but no, like I said, I just think it's more of like we talked about stubbornness, love of the game, toughness on, and, and this goes for any sport on how long you play. Some players can play long because they've gone years without injuries. You know, look at Wayne Gretzky. He went, so many years without an injury, then you get players who get injured and they're done. Right. You know, their career ends early because of, let's say, a specific injury and that's it. So 
I would say now with that, it's probably closer to being with concussion protocols, probably a concussion will be the, the likely factor at this point for why a, a career is ended early. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, concussions, no joke with some, you know, with some players. I mean, especially when we'll look at Eric Lindros, he had X amount of concussions, his career ended early than what it probably should have. But like I said, I just think it just boils down to stubbornness and just love of the game more than anything. I mean, there, there really is no wrong answer. There really is no right answer to this. It's just our opinion on just experience and just the way we see it. It's, uh, okay, so before we wrap this up, I want to throw out one name. Um, maybe not so much for the longevity of their career, but for the pure toughness of them as a player. Clint Marlachuk. Clint Marlachuk. Clint Marlachuk. That sounds familiar here. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Buffalo Sabres goalie. 1989, a crash at the goal. Oh, yes. Cut yes, an yes, artery yes. in his neck. Yes. Yes. Now that's ringing a bell. Yes. Almost died, had 300 stitches, playing 10 days later. That's a tough man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's... Hold on. That just had, that had to be the most scariest thing ever. Don't look this up on YouTube. <laughs> Very gra it could be yes, very no, graphic. No, it's it's very graphic. Yeah, it's very graphic. So it's uh I've only ever seen that one other time and that was Richard Zednick who had the same thing, except a skate came up and hit his neck. And well, actually and actually sliced his artery. So Real quick, that actually triggered Marlachuk's PTSD with his own incident. And he had to seek help because of it. Because well, seeing that happen to someone else hit him like a, a ton of bricks. Well, you almost lost your life on the ice over a freak accident. Yeah. I mean, that's going to mess with anybody. But so that is a, a tough man to have that happen. 10 days later with 300 stitches, he's back in the goal. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. To, yeah. To be back in net. I mean, he got lucky that he was on the end where the Zamboni was. Yeah. He was lucky beyond belief. So it's not like he, you know, you know, like he was at the other end where, you know, because it, it could have been a lot worse. Yes, it could have. So, on that note, we'll end period one. <laughs> on to period two. Now, this one is is interesting because, well, it is winter. And it's always fun to watch games in the snow. That it is. That it is. So, we each picked one game. Uh, that we, you know, that we'd like to discuss just with this and Jason, I'll have you go first on it. All right. So, um, in looking at different snow games for 
the different outdoor sports. And yes, there's actually been some snow games in baseball. Um, I right, was looking rare to see in Minnesota, Chicago, um, <laughs> Colorado. Um, I wanted to look for something that stood out. I thought an easy one football wise would have been the, the tuck rule game, but that's recent. And I think it's an easy one to go to. So I did a little deep digging and I went with the snowplow game took place actually December 12th, 1982. So tomorrow will be the anniversary of the game. It was the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Gee, Patriots, huh? So, <laughs> so the night before the game happened, there were heavy rains that night. So the field was already frozen the next day for the game. During the game, a snowstorm hit. So there was an emergency ground rule that day that was made to allow snowplows to come on and clear the yard markers so that the chain gang could keep track of the ball and mark in the field for, for the downs. Right. However, the snow was so heavy, the snow plows couldn't keep up with it. So at one point, just the field was snow covered just to play the game. That's crazy. So fourth quarter, there's no scores, obviously, because this is just a crap show of a game with four minutes and 45 seconds to go into the game. Uh, the Patriots coach, Ron Meyer, motioned for the snowplow operator to clear a spot. Now, everyone was thinking he was asking to clear a spot for the yard markage so they could figure out how, you know, the length of the field goal and everything. No. Yeah, because of all that snow, you couldn't figure out what was what. No, no, no. No, Ron Meyer motioned for the snowplow operator to clear a spot specifically for the kicker, John Smith. Hmm. <laughs> Smith made the kick, and the Patriots won 3-0. The Dolphins coach at the time protested this. The commissioner of the game, Pete Rozelle, decided that, yes, what they did was unfavorable, and it was fixing it a little bit for themselves to win, but he would, he would not reverse the game because he's never reversed the game before, and he wouldn't do it here. Well, if but, the game's already been played, I mean, how can you really – Reverse the decision, say he no. Would, we'll he, give we'll give three points to the other team. Basically, and have there them wouldn't win. basically there wouldn't be a winner. It'd be a yeah, yeah, be yeah. But still, but now the following season, snow plow, plows were banned for use on the fields during a game. Now nowadays they do it on the sidelines and a little bit on the field for the yard markers. Yeah, um, which is you know which is expected. So you can tell where you're at. The snow plow, which was a a John Deere riding mower with a plow attached to it, is now in the Patriots Hall of Fame. I wonder why. I thought this game specifically was was odd. It's never yeah. happened again. It never happened before. And in, in a day like today, where, where the NFL is very regulated and every there's a rule for everything, I think it's pretty funny that a team gamed the system a little bit in this snowplow in this game, to where the snowplow was what basically won the game for them. Yeah, hence why it's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and to go figure it out, it's the Patriots in a snow game. <laughs> you know, it always because, goes back to the Patriots. Well, think about this. How many times have they played in the snow where it went their way? The tuck rule, the tuck for example, rule, yeah. you know, that went their way. This, you know, the, you know, the, this game where the snowplow saved the game for them. And here's, I think, um, 
and again, with the NFL being so homogenized, uh, I think games in the snow are special. I think the uh, the NFL is made to be played in went in weather like that. Oh yeah. There's, there's a reason why Green Bay is called the frozen tundra, and there are so many games in the snow there, and so many games in the snow in Chicago. Uh, I think now it's like a so many of these games are in domes or stadiums with retractable roofs. It's an element that's missed now. Um, so I think snow games are special for oh, football, yeah. and they're a lot of fun to watch. Well, yeah, especially when in you when you watch them, it's like watching somebody play backyard football. Yes. You know, no, you know, n- you know, nobody can get traction. Everybody's falling over themselves. It's just a free for all, which so makes it fun. I, I almost went with um, the nineteen seventy five AFC Championship between the Steelers and the Raiders. It was called the Ice Bowl Two. Um, the field was so ice covered that even the Steelers in their home stadium had six turnovers. There were twelve. Wow. There were twelve total turnovers in the AFC Championship game in seventy five because of the ice. And it's amazing that both teams put up 26 points in that game. Yeah, that is amazing. That is amazing. That's wow. This is so, funny how though a snowplow saved the game for the Patriots and <laughs> now watching all the games now, it's like so many restrictions after that. Yeah. I, I just think it's funny that a whole rule was created just based on this one incident. Well, look at the tuck rule. Right. You know, one incident, a whole rule came out of for that. But the plow one, though, is a funny rule that <laughs> you normally yeah, don't there's see gonna too be often. People, there's going to be fans like 20 years from now who have no idea why this rule exists unless they really do some deep searching. Well, yeah, sort of like the tuck rule. How many times, you know, people aren't going to really know why years down the line. They're just going to know, oh, it's a tuck rule. It always goes back to the Pats. Shocking. <laughs> what doesn't go back to them? What rule? I mean, what, what, wasn't Spygate they gave a rule that a one-way, you know, you can only talk to the, you know, only the quarterback and the coach can, that's it? Uh, for, for headsets? Give me a minute I here. Think, I'm not sure if it was that or the reason for it, but it was just funny the way it's always the Patriots that rules are changed for. I'm not finding anything real quick, and I don't want to. Okay, here we go. Uh, the NFL owners approved a rule in 2008, permitted defensive coach to play a radio communications, uh, and it mirrors a system for the offense that was implemented in 94. So there was a rule change based on a prior offensive uh, hmm. side rule. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it said about why or if it was the Patriots that were, you know, because of Spygate or because I know what was it? Cameras are no longer allowed or stuff like that. Like that low, like personal. Uh, without doing any deep digging, I can't say for sure. Eh, who knows? And I don't want to belabor this one. So yeah, because you know, who knows? It could go on and on and on with all the different rules and different things. So, yeah. So what's uh, what's your snow game, David? Well, being as I'm a hockey fan, and this one is really neat because it was the first one that they that they did for the NHL is the 2008 NHL Winter Classic. So, if you're not familiar with 
what this is. I mean, by now, you hopefully some people are because it's been around since but 2008. The Winter Classic is held in just random places. It's just random January 1st or 2nd uh, is when normally the games are. But they're always a fun thing to watch. I know I love watching them. I actually set a point to when a game comes on. I'm sitting on my couch and just eager to watch these things. Now, they're normally in uh, football and baseball stadiums, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I went to one where it was at uh, Citizen Bank Park in Philly. I mean, well, when me and you went that one time to to the Phillies game, uh, I told you that the last time I was at a baseball stadium was to watch a hockey game. Right. And you have a seat cushion from that, if I remember. Yep. That I do. If I actually find it, I think it's in my basement. I have to take a picture and we'll put it on the Facebook page. Uh, but yeah, it was a game between Pittsburgh Penguins and the Buffalo Sabres. And trying to skate when it's snowing, snow on the ice. Now, normally when at the end of a period, you get all that, you know, the ice shavings on the ice. But with this, just trying to skate and move the puck up through, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I would think snow would act differently than ice shavings anyway. Well, yeah. Plus, it just it's a, it it accumulates quick when it comes to snow. It just accumulates quick, quick, quick that day, and it was by Buffalo Saber fans. It was considered the ice bowl, uh, being it was held at R- uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium. So, but it was just neat. One of those games to where it's snowing. It's a lot of times it's hard to move the puck because when you make long passes, you're not going to make them because the snow's going to stop it. Right. But just playing in that type of atmosphere, you're, you know, you're outside in a football stadium playing hockey in the snow. And being it was the first one, well, from what I heard, from what I heard and read, that they didn't know if they were going to be able to sell tickets to this. They didn't know that people were going to want to come see this. See, and I think that's a really odd thing that they wouldn't think it would do well. Um, just going back to what we had stated earlier, uh, hockey fans are passionate. And they know the game inside and out as far as, you know, history is concerned. So this is a historic thing. I think that's short-sighted on the NHL to think it wouldn't have done well ticket-wise. Well, I think it was more of it's being played outside. Will people want to withstand the cold to watch a hockey game? And from the fan base of it, because it had a, at the time, a attendance record of 71,217, I think people loved it. <laughs> just saying, just a thought. But the fact that, I mean, you had X amount of people just tuning into this at home. I mean, I, like I said, I loved just watching it every, every, every year. Now, don't get me wrong. I am disappointed this year that they're not going to have one, but it was just always fun to watch. And the fact that it ended in a shootout while it was snowing, Made it all the you know made it all more fun to watch, right. and I can only imagine what the players were going through, not only playing in a game like this, but snowing, dealing with that atmosphere. Um, this th- that was spun off of the the uh, the O three Heritage Classic, correct? Yep, yep that that it was yes. Uh, and that was the Oilers and the Canadians. Okay, because I remember watching that game. Uh, I think it was the Montreal goalie wore a beanie over his helmet. <laughs> you know what? I think we watched that game at your in the basement yeah. at your parents' house. Yeah, we did. Uh, 
But yeah, even that game, just even, even anytime you're watching an outdoor game, it's always fun to watch. But when you add snow into the mix, it just like in football, it just adds a different atmosphere. It adds a different excitement to the game because you got to readjust how you do things. You know, now don't get me wrong; they were they were coming out every so often more than usual to clean the ice. So that first one, uh, that's number four attendance-wise of all the Winter Classic games with seventy-one thousand two hundred seventeen fans in attendance. That's a that's a heck of a number. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's that was definitely. That, that that definitely a good snow one. Because how often can you say I played hockey in the snow? And you know what? Um, so the highest attended one is the fourteen one that took place at Michigan Stadium with one hundred five thousand fans. Yeah, the big house. I um, saw a lot of I saw a lot of memes for that one saying, "Gee, this is the best." you know, this is the best thing that happened to a football stadium and it showed like the whole thing filled and the, you know, the hockey rink there. Now just to bring this back to a local thing for us, that record would be broken if the Pens and Flyers played at Beaver stadium where Penn state is. I wish they would just do one. I really do. Cause right now capacity for Beaver stadium. And that, now this is just the stands because there are some seats on the grass, correct? No, I don't think there is. I okay. don't think I, I think all the seats for the games that, that I remember and been at were always in the in, in the actual stands. Nothing on the ice, you know, nothing on ice level. Okay. Other other than the announcers, the camera crews and all that. Okay, so even with just in the stands, Beaver Stadium's capacity seating wise is one oh six. Standing room only is a hundred and ten thousand. And you know people would stand for this. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you ha- have a neutral site of Pittsburgh and Philly. Smack dab in the middle of the state. Yep. Oh, trust me. I would, that would be, I'd love to go to that. Then you'd be sitting at six hours of traffic to, to get there and six hours to go home. <laughs> Pretty much. Go up the night before, camp out. But, uh is is you know it's just a winter classic in the snow is just one of those things that you just would love to experience even even just playing wise or just being at one in the snow right i think just in general i think um games in the snow like i said with the nfl and and with the nhl they're special there's oh, yeah. there's a look to the game there's a feel to the game it's you you know watching it you're watching whether you're at home watching it on TV or on your computer or your phone or in person. You're, you're watching something historic. Oh yeah, absolutely. And plus also uh, when it snows like that, it just adds to, it just adds to the tension, adds to the strategy, adds to just the atmosphere. Right. It just adds to the game of, the excitement, like, oh, it's snowing. How are they going to do this now? How are they going to, you know, you, you always have that going. Right. So, but yeah, no, that's my, that's my pick for that one for the snow games. So, but yeah, I mean, 
like you know, like we just said, watching snow games, whether it be football, hockey, hell, <laughs> baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there's always been a couple of games where you get that freak snowstorm during a, a baseball game. I want to say a few years ago, the Twins. I think it's right when they 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 left the the Metrodome and started playing at Target Field. There was a freak snowstorm in the in the opening of the season, and they played a few games in Milwaukee because the Brewers have a retractable roof. Yeah, that's um, that's just interesting. You you go to a baseball game, all of a sudden it's like a whiteout. That's that's still cool. <laughs> oh, oh, trust. Oh, don't get me wrong. It would be. It'd be really neat to see. Um, and I will put links on the Facebook page for the for at least clips. If I can find a full game, I'll do it. But for short clips of both games on the Facebook page, so everyone listening can at least see clips of what we're talking about. Yeah, just you know, it is it it is neat to see just you know to test with any of that. So on that note, that is the end of period two. So on to period three, um, this one's a bit interesting here just because of there's a lot of sports franchises out there. So this topic is unlucky sports franchises. So this is basically just, you know, franchises that just just got the short end of the, uh, of the, of the straw that just couldn't, for some reason, just gain that extra traction as the other teams do. And I'll preface this before we get started. Um... In some circles, there is a phrase, uh, metting the bed in honor of the Mets. Uh, I, neither of us picked the Mets for this. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll throw this out there since, since I'm making fun of the Mets. Um, I think it was two seasons ago, there was a fireworks explosion at a Mets minor league stadium because they had Oops. a 4th of July fireworks display and it caught fire to some of the stadium. And I think one of the headlines I saw was, this is the most Mets thing the Mets have ever done. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's good. Sorry, Mets fans. <laughs> that is funny, though. Um, well, I went first last period, so why don't you uh, lead off this one, David? All right. Um, I picked an NHL team as as one of them, uh, the Boston Bruins. Sorry for all the Boston fans. I guess oh, I'm sorry, Matt. but <laughs> hey, but I can't. It's look it up, Wikipedia, whatever. It's there for you know. The, the Bruins have been to the Stanley Cup numerous times, but only came home with four. So I just feel that that's unlucky. I mean, you've been there numerous times. And, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the number here of everything they've had. Uh, on the blink here. I had everything up here now. Computer crash, call IT. Oh, no. Uh, computer crash. Sorry, people. No, it's okay. Um. So, um... I'll say this in regards to their unluckiness in the playoffs. Um, they had a game in 88 in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I want to say it was against Edmonton, where the power went out at the Boston Garden in the, during the game, and the game basically was nullified because they couldn't finish the game. 
that's bad luck. That, <laughs> where, where you just lose power and the entire game does not exist. And I think in that game, Gretzky might have set a record, and the record stands, but the game itself does not. That's kind of bizarre on that one. I, I don't have all the information in front of me, but I, I think Gretzky set a record in game four of the Stanley Cup 88 World Series, but the game does not actually count due to the power going out at the Boston Garden. Well, the Flyers had a, uh, a fight that never happened. It was during the, where they had people running out of the locker room with flip-flops on, fighting on the ice. No penalties <laughs> were given because the game didn't start. But uh, now the, the, the reason I picked the Bruins is, is that they had 20 Stanley Cup appearances, coming away with six, losing 14. You know, and that just to me is just unlucky that you have that many appearances but only walk away with six. Where you have the Montreal Canadiens who, don't get me wrong, haven't won a Stanley Cup since 93, but out of 34 appearances, they walked away with 24. So that's just kind of, that, that, you know. That's just my thought on that. I mean, you know, no, my I, list is actually of you've, you know, you've been to the finals so many times and you only brought home so little. Right. That's, you know, that's, that, that, that's where I'm basing my picks off of. No, I think that's just not building, building teams to have the wherewithal to, to make it through the playoffs successfully. It's one thing to go and win the, the regular season and be first. And, and that's great. But if you can't have the wherewithal to make it through the playoffs, then there's there's an issue. Well, look at Washington, and that seems to be a recurring theme in this regard. Well, look at Washington; they played the Penguins so many times they only got past them once. Every time the Penguins and the and uh, the, the the Capitals played, the winner of that series won the Stanley Cup. Because Washington did it back to back, or not Washington? I'm sorry, Pittsburgh did it back to back. But then when, once again, Pittsburgh, Washington, Washington came out on top, Washington won. But like I said, I just picked the Bruins because of going to the finals 20 times, losing it, you know, that, you know, lo- losing it 14. Right. That's just, and, and recently their, their last win was 2011. They were in it 2013, 2019. Couldn't do it. They were in you know, they were in it nine, uh, 88 and 90 couldn't do it. So that's just, you know, that's right. why I picked those. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I think against Bruin fans. <laughs> uh, so my first pick for this topic, um, and we're kind of looking at it from two different ways, which I think is kind of good actually. Because we're we're viewing this this topic in in two different ideas here, uh, so I kind of looked more at the overall history of of the team, um, uh, and I feel so bad because I know there's people who listen who like this team, but I went with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> um, right off the bat, they're one of a very few amount of teams to never play in the Super Bowl. Add on to it, they're the only NFC team to never play in a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, that's a that's a bit unlucky. Add in 
they wasted the the talent of Barry Sanders, who was one of the greatest natural running backs of all time, and then just all the seasons of futility. Notice how I drug that out. <laughs> yeah, you might go a little longer though to to make it really um, n- noticeable. There's there's just a long history of this team never being able to get it right. Well, even now they still can't. I mean, they could have a great season getting the playoffs, but then that's it. And, and looking at, especially a few years ago, um, they had good players on the on those teams. Just for some reason, they just can never get it right. Well, you can have good players on a team, but if you don't have the chemistry, you're not going to do anything. I don't know what the, I'm not a Lions fan, so I don't know the team in depth like other people would that are our Lions fans. But there's clearly something in the water in in Detroit that just cannot compute to a good <laughs> team on the field and a successful team on the field. Um, yeah. To me, this is the 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 textbook example of an unlucky team. <laughs> No Super Bowls at all. Wasted a, an amazingly talented Hall of Fame player. Amazingly is, is an understatement for Barry Sanders. I mean, he was um, you know more than amazing. Oh, yeah, and he, he was the man. Contrary to what any Cowboys fan of the 90s will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you can make a guy miss on demand. <laughs> yeah. He you was know. he was he was a generational talent, and they did they just could not even get him a Super Bowl, even an appearance in a Super Bowl. Uh, so that's that's my first pick for an unlucky franchise. They just can't ever get it together. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, my next pick would be the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the and the, the the reason I picked this and going back to what I said before, picking off by teams going to championships, teams in the finals, and that when you've been in the finals four times in a row, when you've been to the Super Bowl four times in a row, and can't bring home a championship, there's something wrong. I mean, you've been there four times and you couldn't even bring home one of them. You know, because they were, you know, they were conference champions, 90, 91, 92, 93, and they couldn't do anything. I think like the, like your previously mentioned Bruins, another team that was really good, maybe Mm -hmm. even on paper, the better team for those seasons just did not have the wherewithal to win the big one. They couldn't bring it home, you know. So it was just, I, I, I just one of the things to where you've been there four times, you would at least think you'd bring home one. And and this is another one where I think people would say, "Freaking Cowboys." Yeah, because didn't they win two of those four? Yep, uh, ninety-two and ninety-three. Yes, yes. So, you know, and they had the Giants and the Redskins. And you got time, the Redskins. And 
let's and not taking anything away from those teams, but man, they had a great quarterback in Jim Kelly. Yes, they did. And well, it's sort of like a Dan Marino. Couldn't bring home a championship for him. Couldn't bring home a championship home for you know for Kelly there. So Actually, I think I the Sabre, think, you know, I, I I think the Bills because of that. I think um, not to deviate too too much, but I think Marino and Kelly. I think Marino and Kelly, <laughs> they were both in the same draft class, and they're both from the same area of Pennsylvania. So they both went in the 83 draft. Now, Kelly played in the USFL for two years, whereas obviously Marino played in in the NFL for his entire career. But I think they're both from about the same area. Yeah, they're both from Pittsburgh. Oh, geez, that's funny. I, I bet you they probably played against each other in, in high school at some point. Oh, Think probably. about that. That's be, crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <clears throat> that is crazy. You know, it's like, hey, I played him against in, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Four touchdowns, one game. Um. <laughs> right. I, 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 I imagine the bragging rights on that one. Um, but, but, yeah, I picked the Bills because of that, because they've, they've been to the finals, the, you know, the Super Bowl four times in a row and just couldn't bring it home. Just couldn't get it done. Nope. Uh, so my next pick for an unlucky franchise is the Baltimore Orioles. Now, uh, where we're from in Pennsylvania, we're kind of in an area where there's Phillies fans, O's fans, and as a 2005 Nats fan. Yeah. Um, the O's since their 1983 World Series. So they won it in 83. Five years later in 88, they had a 21-game losing streak to start off the season. In 2005, they started the season at 42-28. and 28. They ended the season 21 and a half games back. 2018 yeah, and 2019, they had 100-plus losing seasons. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tick some people off, and I do not care. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. They have a Cal Ripken hangover. Well, he's the one. He's the only. You know, honestly, though, if you go to a lot of the like bandwagon people, you're not. People don't know who the other people are. They just know who Cal Ripken is. That's it. Okay. Uh, some people would say shots fired. Um, I think Cal Ripken was an overly selfish player. And I think he gets away with being a selfish player historically because he's a charitable person and he's an overall good person. But there were games he did not need to play that I think hampered that team during his time on the team. If he was really good, he could have stepped aside for the sake of the team and not played injured, not played below his regular abilities just to continue that Iron Man streak. I think the O's... Now, obviously, he's been gone for almost 20 years. I think the O's, since then, have other problems. They gave Chris Davis a ridiculous contract when he was already on the downside of his career, physically. Um, they can't capitalize on any talent they have. They lose it because they're just they're, they were a storied franchise with an aging ownership who I don't think really cares about the team anymore. 
And when you don't care about the team, you know, when it has that feeling, it just, it's domino effect down from upper management down to the players. And it's just bad morale. You got, then you got players who are not going to play well because they were like, eh, whatever. I'm still going to get paid. Upper manager doesn't care. I, I know O's fans personally that used to have season tickets for the last three, four seasons. They refused to get season tickets again because they don't, the, the ownership has just turned them away from the team. And that's sad. I would say if you turned on an O's, obviously last season notwithstanding, but in 18 or 19, if you turned on an O's game, you could probably count the fans in the seats. That's bad. It is bad. I, I just think since they won that 83 World Series, they've just – and obviously the 96 uh, playoff game where the kids stole the catch in the outfield, uh, they've just – they've never been able to put it together again, and I don't think they're going to anytime soon. So that's my second pick for unlucky franchise. Yeah, my uh, the my next pick. Sorry, Jason. I'm a Phillies fan. You're a Phillies fan, but I kind of have to go with this one. Is the Phillies winning? You know, going like uh, once again going on uh, on a championship look on this. You've been to the World Series nine times and walk away with two. And to have 20 years between the two, uh, I mean, you would have hoped that, I mean, I was hoping when they signed Harper, when they finally were trying to build something and they were doing good the first, you know, the first, you know, f- you know, few months of the season, then all of a sudden just dropped. Well, you know, I was hoping that would have been, you know, well, all, Let's all keep in mind signings, all these good signings would lead to a playoff berth, hopefully a World Series. But going two and nine and you know in 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 a World Series record, uh, uh, that's just unlucky. In in my opinion, that's just unlucky. Well, you're you're talking about obviously they are my favorite team. Um, you're talking about the first team in prof- in any professional sport to hit ten thousand losses. You're talking about a team that's been around since 1883. They're one of the oldest teams in in Major League Baseball. Um, I think right now they're sitting at 11,032 losses altogether. They have a ton of losses. They're the Phil's Just history is is not good. Um, Just a but little. There's, there's always been glimmers uh, of hope, like 76, 77, 78. They made it to the championship series. 80, they won the World Series. 81, they lost the division series. 83, they lost the World Series. 93, they lost the World Series. 07, they lost the division series. 08, they won. 08, 09, they lost, and so on. Um, But there's a lot of years of bad baseball in between those flashes of brilliance. You were talking about the last few years where they were ending the rebuild. I don't think they had the right people in place to call it an end of a rebuild. McClintock was a first-time GM, and he was a waste. Gabe Kapler was a putz. Um, Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> no, the Phils oh, no, sadly I mean, have a history of, of bad front office moves. Their best front office moves were in the 70s leading up to the 80 team and building the farm system to lead to that 08 team, which is why I, I mean, I'm a big firm believer that – 
the farm system wins championships. Well, yeah, look at Washington uh, with how successful, you know, uh, structurally wise, you know, the, you know, from the Hershey Bears to the Capitals. Right. You know, have they won Stanley Cups a lot? No, just one. But still, but there's, there's, you have to have a good base, and those guys got to know how to play together in order to succeed in the big show. And obviously, I think with that 08 team, you had Howard, Rollins, Utley, Hamels. Yep. They all played with each other at some point or it another. Right. Um, but right now, they're far, they have more history of a bad farm system than they do a good farm system. They've made awful trades over the years. They've had bad contracts over the years. There's just a lot of years of bad front office decisions that have hampered the fills in the long run. Yeah, it's just been one of those things to where, I don't know, like I said, it's just, I, just, I just feel that it's just unlucky that the Phillies have gone nine times, only brought home two. Since, I, you know, since I'm looking at this as a, as a finals aspect uh, rather than a full overall, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, Phillies are that unlucky so that. So that's that, that that's just my big sorry, Jason. Sorry. No, Phillies no. Fans, but, you know, not I'm a offending fan. me. You're telling me stuff I know. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm a Phillies fan. You're a Phillies fan. I know there's a lot of other Phillies fans out there, but, you, you know, you, you can't you can't walk away from the from the truth on that. Right. Um, so my next pick, uh, is the Orlando magic. Um, so the reason I went with the Orlando magic, um, they have a 31 year history. They've never won a championship in 16 playoff appearances. They drafted Shaquille O'Neal and they failed to re-sign him because they lowballed him and the Lakers offered him a better deal. Their overall win percentage is under 500. This is a team, again, going back to what we say with the Phillies, who've made bad front office decisions overall. How do you let a future Hall of Famer go at his prime? Yeah. Because you lowballed him. Well, I, I wonder if they were thinking he's young and dumb. He's just going to he's just going to want to sign money. But at that point, it. he's already five years into the game and he's already been a big star. I mean. Who knows what the front office is thinking? Why you would let one of the the best centers in the game, and and he and a guy who is going to bring tickets in. Oh yeah, well people just go to you know to see those big name players. I mean, you go to see Shaq, you're you know you're going to go see Shaq. You're not going to go see some of the you know oh this person's coming to town. Yeah, I could care less. Oh, Shaq's coming to town. We're going. Right. I mean, I saw a Sixers game when I was a kid. I was hyped to see Charles Barkley, uh, and they were playing the, the Jazz. So I was hyped to see Charles Barkley and and uh, the mailman, Carl Malone, in person play. I could have cared less who else was in the game. Those were the guys I mm, wanted to see. That's – So, I don't know. I just think that the Magic has made bad decisions in their 31-year history, adding in – based off of stuff you've talked about, the 16 playoff appearances without a championship, they just can't get it together. And I think that's a recurring theme for all these teams is they just can't get it together. 
Yeah, they can't. They just can't pull the trigger on bringing home that title. Right. You know, sh- you know, Shaq went on to, you know, like you just said, a Hall of Fame career. You know, so it's not like he just kind of went to the wayside and nobody knows who he is. He's a big name. Not just yeah. a big player, but a big name. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, he had a eighteen year career. You know, and the fact that, like you said, Magic has an under five hundred record really makes it, you know, an overall not good. Not not to belabor the Shaq point, but let's let's take a look at this. Hall of Famer, fifty time fifteen time All Star, two time scoring champion, four time fourteen times he was an All NBA player. Three-time All-Defensive, Rookie of the Year, three-time MVP, three-time Finals MVP, and he was the ninth, and he's the MVP of the 1999-2000 season. That's what they let walk away because they lowballed him. That is short-sighted. Just a tad. <laughs> so you know, he can't make a free throw. Yeah, but <laughs> but yet you're not gonna you're not gonna shoot a ball over him and hit the net. Right. You know, you, you know, you're not going to hit the, you know, the backboard, the rim or anything of that nature because you have a, a building standing in front of you. I mean, he walked away with the, you know, from the game with four titles. Four titles, 7-1, He was a beast. Yeah, just a tad. You know, and, you know, he went first overall. Yeah. I mean, bad, bad investment on there. <laughs> I've... I bet you after they start seeing his his play on what he was doing, I bet you Orlando was just kicking themselves. Yeah, because he was part of a the the Magic were talented with him, but he was part of a collective that could have did more than they did, and they probably oh, yeah. could have won a championship with him still on the team. But oh yeah, but like you said, they just lowballed him and. He did. Then, he did what he had to do for himself, and he did good. <laughs> he did. So, but yeah, those are our picks of the unlucky franchises. So, like I said, yeah, it was good that you looked at it a different way. I looked at it a different way. I Either think way, this led to unlucky. a good conversation. Either way, unlucky franchises, not yeah. how you looked at it. So, with that being said. That's the end of period three. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Yeah, this was, as always, it's fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely liked, um, I think, us looking at that topic from two different perspectives. I think that led to some good some good fun here and discussion. Oh, yeah, well, you know, you, you looked at it as a deep look at where I just looked at it as you're heading to the finals X amount of times, just unlucky to get, you know, to bring one home. Right. Or you're have a bad record of being it. You just looked at it as a more history, which is, you know, yeah. Two two you know, two good topics. Um so yeah, this was this was a good time. Uh, I hope everyone listening had a good time. Uh thank you for joining us here for episode nine of the Not Another Sports Podcast. Uh, you can find us online at facebook.com slash not another sports pod. Uh, please feel free to like, comment, message us, interact with us. That's why we have the Facebook page. Uh, the Not Another Sports Podcast is available for streaming or download at anchor.fm 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and wherever else you steal your podcasts. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, with that, we'll talk to you next time. I'm Jason. I'm David. See ya. Have a good one. You have been listening to the Not Another Sports Podcast. Thank you for your listenership. We'll be right back.